Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Bible Centered with Victor Jackson. I hope you are enjoying uh, the new format of our podcast. God has been doing amazing things. The feedback has been uh, tremendous. And I want to thank each and every one of you for your encouragement and uh, the different comments and messages. God is really spreading his word all across the world. Every week, uh, over 100 nations uh, tune in to the podcast. We got an alert from Spotify uh, that in the last 30 days, there's been over 200,000 impressions, which is incredible because we took a month off uh, to get all this prepped and uh, put focus on my daughter, Mia, uh, but yet your response for uh, the word of God has just been overwhelming. And I honor each and every one of you for that. Um, continuing in this series on Matthew, I took our church through the gospel of Matthew uh, verse by verse. It took us about a year and four months to get through. And there's so many nuggets and treasure uh, in the word of God and I'm just so thankful to have the opportunity to speak with all of you, uh, to all of our subscribers, uh, those that have asked how they could subscribe to uh, more content, uh, different content. Uh, those on Apple and Spotify are able to do that. Uh, but I'm excited in this format to not only have our podcast live streamed, but also on Facebook Live, and on YouTube at Bible Center with Victor Jackson. Please subscribe to that on our YouTube channel. Um, but for it to be uploaded in audio form, um, and we've got some more things ahead that you'll see by our deeds uh, more than our words. But I'm excited to meet with you on Tuesdays through Fridays um, in this particular format. Uh, thank you for your support. It's been a blessing. Uh, we just appreciate every one of you. It's an honor uh, to serve. Uh, we do have some exciting details with our church, Bible Center of Orlando. Uh, we have been having a service in a school for the past seven months. It's been amazing. Uh, shout out to Colonial High School and all their workers. We're going to have an appreciation service um, honoring them for helping us. They've done such a phenomenal job. Uh, but we're going to be having service this coming Sunday. We're having to go to two services, a 9 and 11 service at Bible Center of Orlando, 6955 Hanging Moss Road. We've got some amazing things prepared uh, for you. And as we are putting ourselves in position to buy land and uh, to build God is opening up doors, and I'm so thankful for our church, Bible Center of Orlando and Centro Biblico de Orlando. If you're in the Claremont area, uh, Pastor Chris Hilton, uh, Bible Center of Claremont at the Claremont Recreation and Arts Center, God is doing phenomenal things, and 
you guys kind of get to see a firsthand witness is kind of like a family here that you guys kind of get the insight that a lot of people don't get. And so I honor and appreciate each and every one of you uh, for that. God's kingdom is growing. People are being transformed. And I'm thankful for this opportunity. Let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. Um, we're going to read a few scriptures. Uh, we're going to uh, delve into this because this is more of a parabolic teaching. So um, we're going to delve into these nuances, which are very interesting. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more, more abundance. But whoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear." For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and a nun with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath no root in himself, 
but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receive seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. Verse 23, last scripture, but he that received seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Oh, my, my, my. I want to talk to you about uh, mysteries of the kingdom, mysteries of the kingdom. Jesus, the whole concept of Christianity is very uh, mysterious uh, because there are so many uh, paradoxes contrast, uh, so much irony. You can only understand God and Christianity through a spiritual lens. You cannot come to his kingdom from a place of logic or from a place of just trying to understand everything with the natural eye. Scripture declares it very, very clearly that the things which are seen are temporal and the things which are unseen are eternal. So there are things that you cannot see unless you get in the spirit. There's things that you cannot understand unless you have a spiritual ear to hear. And so what you're witnessing in this parable is that two uh, categories of people are hearing the same word, hearing something completely different because of the state of their heart. One receives the parable, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, they hear the parable and they are confused. The disciples hear the parable and they hear clearly the intention of God so much to where they come to him for clarification. And they're hearing the same thing, yet the state of their heart determines what they receive. The state of their heart determines their capacity to receive. And that's a mystery because the, the things of God have to be revealed. We cannot come to it just from our own intellectual background. Uh, things in the, in the kingdom are unlocked by relationship. Relationship with God uh, it trumps over anything else. Relationship with God is the key to understanding. Why? The Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. What did he say? Eye hath not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. See, the mysteries of the kingdom is that that in the kingdom, it, it, 
it operates by revelation. It operates by revelation and relationship. That's why no matter how educated the scribes and the Pharisees were, if they did, were not current in their relationship with God, they could not get the revelation that God was intending to give. It's a mystery. There's a lot of mysterious concepts in, in Christianity that you can only understand by having a spiritual eye. For, for instance, if you want the presence of God to come down, he says, he says, I inhabit the praises of Israel. I inhabit the praises of my people, meaning that when we clap, that when we shout, when we dance, when we lift up our voice, when we lift up our hands, what we do in this physical body attracts something spiritual down to us. Now, that's a mystery because we're using our physical members to access a spirit. Now, that that is profound, able to access something you do not see. Think about it with me. Jesus he is on the cross. He has a crown of thorns. There's blood all over him. His uh, organs may be possibly uh, seen. His body is ripped. He has nails in his hand, nails in his feet. He's half naked on the cross. This is a gory, gruesome, ugly matter. But when Christians hear about this, a tear of joy will come down looking at this mangled body on the cross. That's a mystery because this dark moment is a joyful moment that Jesus died for me. Wow. A death somehow makes us happy. You see the mystery of the kingdom? You can only see this through spiritual eyes that, that God dying on the cross, oh my goodness, it's our greatest moment. It's our greatest opportunity. It's the foundation of Christianity. That is a mystery of the kingdom because anybody from the world that hears that would say you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. He, he died for me, so, so I'm going to die for him. What? That's mystery. You can only come to the kingdom with the spiritual lens to understand because in the kingdom, the way to go up is to go down. The way to be the greatest is to serve all. This is what it meant in the New Testament when they said, these are they which turn the world upside down. It's upside down principles, upside down concepts, upside down everywhere. And this is what Paul said to the church at Colossae, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the rudiments of the world, the traditions of men, and not after Christ. There are patterns, the rudiments of the world, the patterns of the world. People will try to rob you from what's in Christ because they will try to impose the patterns of the world upon the kingdom. And I'm sorry, the patterns of the world and the kingdom cannot coexist together. You have to have a heart to understand the kingdom. Now, to understand that we're approaching this through a spiritual lens, the mysteries of the kingdom can only be accessed by relationship with God. Anyone can have access to these mysteries, but the ingredient is you have to have a relationship with God. That's the ingredient. Anybody can come to him, 
but you have to understand the secret of the kingdom is making sure you're in relationship with the king because it's in relationship with the king that you see clearly. But those that do not want relationship with the king, they will always be blinded. And so he speaks in parables because the disciples want relationships so they see. The Pharisees are trying to entrap them in his words so they cannot see. Let's get into this. The same day went Jesus out of the house and they sat by the seaside and great multitudes gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat and the whole multitude stood on the, sh stood on the shore. So he is... The crowds are so great, he can no longer just teach in a house. He was teaching in houses, and they were willing to break the roof off to just get to him because it was so packed. So now he's teaching in open space. Really, um, many believe he was teaching in a cove, uh, what they call the cove of pa parables, where he's on a boat in the sea and there's a cove behind them which amplifies the uh, acoustics so they could hear him on the seashore as a matter of fact um they they it looks like an amphitheater uh, this cove um uh speaking of amphitheater our church is going to be at lake eola in downtown orlando this this friday october 27th uh, from 7 to 9 p.m we're going to have uh worship we're gonna have concerts we're gonna have a concert recording artists we're gonna have an encouraging word uh children's activities for the kids um uh we're gonna have food free food we're, we're just serving our community we've been working with the orlando police department in the city of orlando they are excited about what we're gonna do we're gonna have our family choir it's gonna be amazing this friday at lake eola park we're gonna be using their amphitheater and uh, worshiping on that platform and the sound's going to go all throughout the park and so an amphitheater it's 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 literally the walt disney amphitheater it's literally a cove it's a cove and that's what the type of setting that jesus was teaching in when they were on the seashore he was on the ship and there was this cove this amphitheater like a uh, thing behind him that helped his acoustics spread throughout the entire crowd um, and he begins to talk about the sower went forth to sow and some seeds fell by the wayside, some on stony places, uh, some among the thorns. And then there was good ground. And in verse eight, it says that, that they produced a hundredfold, some 60 fold and some 30 fold. Now you have to understand what this means to them. What he's showing them in this parable is that the seed was what was produced out of this seed was a hundredfold, 60 fold and 30 fold. Now a good harvest in this time, a great harvest in this time was 15 fold to have an amazing harvest 15 fold was was amazing now he's telling them that with this parable the seed falling on good ground that it will produce a hundredfold 60 fold and 30 fold now that that makes their ears like perk up because that is almost impossible so they're like how do you get 30 fold 60 fold 100 fold 
when a great harvest is 15 fold. And so he, he begins to tell them that unto you is given the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Um, and I want to get down to the explanation of that parable. With a parable, he's using a normal event, a normal story, a normal happening, and he is twinning that truth, that that story, with a spiritual truth to convey it uh, to his to his people. Verse fourteen, I'm I'm hastening to the explanation of this parable. He says that the people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. He's saying here, I'm teaching in parables because the people are, are bored with, with spiritual truth. So I'm using a spiritual truth and I'm twinning it with a normal happening so it can be hidden from those that are bored and tired and don't want to hear anything, and it can be revealed to those that are hungry. But notice the disciples, in order to get revelation, they came to Jesus. And that is the mystery of the kingdom, that if you want to get understanding, you cannot get it apart from his presence. If you want understanding, you can't go to the latest self-development book. You cannot go to the latest... Um, the latest uh, book that's written or the latest show that's on. If you want revelation, it's always going to be, you have to come to him to get it. And he said that the reason people don't understand is that you have to understand with your heart. And so the heart is, is so important. Keeping the heart pure is so important. The pure in heart shall see God. That's, that's what, Matthew 5 states, the pure in heart shall see God. You see, the pure in heart shall understand God, shall get insight to God. That's why it's important to keep our hearts pure because our, the purity of our hearts dictates our revelation of his word and of his presence and of his kingdom. So I want to get into really um, the explanation of this parable. Verse 18 and that's where I want to take our, our time. When anyone hear ye the, therefore the parable of the sower. Now, I want you to catch that. The whole time he's talking about the condition of the soil. Yet, he calls it the parable of the sower. That, now, that is, that again, this is the mystery of the kingdom. The focus is upon the sower. And later he would say that the seed is the word of God. Well, well, Jesus is, is, is the sower that's sowing the seed of the gospel, the seed of the kingdom. And he, it's all about the soil, but he calls it the parable of the sower. The thing about the seed is it only grows in the relationship with the sower. The seed only grows if the soil is current in its relationship with the sower. That's a mystery. That's a mystery because normally you just put seed down 
and it's going to do do its work and everything like that but our soil when we receive his word the seed only grows if if the soil and the sower are talking if the soil and the sower are current in its relationship the seed's going to grow that's a mystery that's 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 a mystery um so let's get into this when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth the way that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Now, when a, a farmer sowed, some of the seeds would fall on the wayside. The wayside is the seed alongside the path. It is the seed that is on the borderline. And he said, any seed that's sown on the borderline that the wicked one comes and catches it away. The birds of the air come and take it away what was sown in the heart because because it's on the wayside, the borderline. Now, anytime there's the borderline, it's a place of indecision. Those that are one day they want to serve God, the next day they don't want to serve him. One day they want to live for him, the next day they don't want to live for him. One day they want to go forward, the next day they want to go go backward. They, They are undecided. Hearts that are undecided don't keep the word well because in moments of indecision, Satan comes and he takes out what was sown because you haven't uh, protected it against the files, the fowls of the air. You haven't protected it against, you know, Satan coming in and taking it. That that is sown alongside the path is seed that's sown on the borderline. You you cannot grow properly in God's kingdom when you're always on the fence. When you're always on. I don't know. I don't know. It's like the prophet said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, serve him. A synonym for the word undecided, a synonym is lukewarm. When you look at the synonyms for undecided, one of the first synonyms that show up is to be lukewarm. To be undecided is to be lukewarm. And in the kingdom, you have to be all in the kingdom to for you to really grow the way God wants you to grow. Or Satan moves in these moments of indecision to tries to take what God is trying to invest in your heart. Um, verse 20, but he that received the seed in stony places, the same as he which heareth the word and a nun with joy receiveth it, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now, the seed that's sown on stony places is the one that hears the word and he receives it. Oh my, I got a word from God. But he doesn't have any roots. He's not invested in that word with everything. So when tribulation and persecution comes, because of the word he received, he's offended. And offense can abort the word in your heart. 
people start getting offended with God because God gave them a dream. But after they get the dream, now, Joseph, you got to go to the pit. And now people get offended with the dream or offended with the word because of the persecution and the tribulation that comes with the word. And because they're not rooted in it, they, it's unfruitful because they're spending all their energy in offense instead of growth. Um, when you get something from God, there's going to be persecution and tribulation that arises. When you get something from God, there's going to be persecution and tribulation that, that comes. It's just, it's, just, it's just the way it works. Joseph never goes into the pit if he doesn't have a word from God. He never goes into Potiphar's house if he doesn't have a dream from God. He never goes into prison if he doesn't have something from God. When you receive something from God, there's always going to be persecution and tribulation that tries to choke it out of you. And if you spend all your time addressing the persecution and the tribulation instead of addressing the seed, it's going to be unfruitful. To be offended is taxing business. To be offended all the time, offenses are going to come, but I can't make that the focus of my attention. The focus of my intention has to be on the presence and the word of God because that's the only way we're going to make it and last in the kingdom of God. And so some people, they get excited. Oh, my goodness, I got a word. And then they start coming to church and they start being faithful. And then all of a sudden, all hell starts coming against them to try to drive the word out of your spirit. Remember when Moses went to the children of Israel and he said, God said he's going to let you go. And the Bible says that whenever Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, look at Pharaoh's response to Moses. His response was, I'm going to increase the burdens upon the people. And the Bible says that they could not initially receive the word of God because of the anguish of spirit. They were so worn down by their burdens, they couldn't even receive the word of Moses. You see, that's hell's response to the word that God gives you, the word of deliverance that God gives you. He will try to put so many burdens on you, so many distractions, so many things into your life, persecution and tribulation, that you can't even grow the word because you're just busy surviving. You're just busy with the anguish of spirit trying to make it. And we get offended. And if you notice, every time you get something powerful, offenses just come. And what happens is you'll start resenting the word that God gave you instead of investing in it more. Verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. This is the type of soil that, you know, these thorns and stuff, they're taking nutrients away from, from uh, the plants or, or the flowers. They're taking nu nutrients uh, away. That's, this is why roses have to be 
uh, pruned. Uh, uh, they have to be they have to be clipped uh, to help the energy go into the bloom instead of into the excess. And what he is uh, showing here is that some people receive the word, and these distractions start coming, the deceitfulness of riches. Um, the cares of this world. And not only that, you know, when Luke translates this same parable, he says the lust for other things. Now, he didn't say the lust for bad things. He said the lust for other things. Anything that you want more than God's word can be a lust that can choke the word out. A, a good thing, there, there are good things. Uh, he said other things. He said, so he didn't say bad things. He said other things, anything. There's good things. A, a job is a good thing. A relationship is a good thing. Um, uh, there are many good things, but anything that you want more than you want God's word can choke the word out. So he is asking for an undivided commitment to his word. And if you will commit to his word, then it's going to become fruitful. He wants you to serve him more than you serve anything else. You can't serve God in money. He want, He says, listen, if you love your mom more than you love me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your dad, if you love your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, if you love anything more than you love me, Jesus said, you're not worthy of me. He he requests undivided commitment and un, an unashamed abandonment to him and his word. And that's that's radical. That's radical. He doesn't want to be second to anything or anyone. He is preeminent. He wants to be before everything. Because in Deuteronomy, when it speaks of the Ten Commandments, he said, listen, you know, uh, you have to serve one God and him only shall you serve. And then he says, if you put anything before me, he said that I will visit the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. That's what it says in Deuteronomy when it goes through the Ten Commandments. He said, anything that when you put something before me, I interpret it as hate. You got to go look at that. You have to go look at that. He said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. My goodness. He said, because I will visit the iniquity of the father to the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So when we put anything before God, especially Old Testament narrative, he interprets it as hate. So we see the principle of God being before everything. And it's our relationship is the mystery of the kingdom. Our, our relationship with God and putting him first puts all of our other relationships in proper context. When he's first, you won't be manipulated by these relationships. Some people live in such manipulative and toxic environments because they have put that person before God. And so they are manipulated by their whims and their emotions and their good times and their bad times. 
and they control the temperature of the room. Uh, but when you put God first above everything and pleasing him first, it allows those relationships to be in its proper context in a healthy way. Nothing should be before God. He said, if you're going to serve God, he said, you have to serve me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he says, anything less than that, I don't want it. He wants everything. He wants all of you. That's the mystery of the kingdom. The more you give all yourself to God, the more revelation and understanding that you get and you start becoming fruitful. That's the requirement of a disciple is to produce fruit. Well, how do you produce fruit? You got to go to John 15. How do you produce fruit? You produce fruit by, he said, abide in me and you shall bear forth fruit, much fruit, more fruit, and last of all, remaining fruit. The fruit you produce is conditional on how much you abide in the vine. He said, if you don't abide in the vine, you're good for nothing. And you cannot produce any fruit apart from the vine. That's the mystery of the kingdom. If you want to start producing good fruit and good deeds, then start spending more time in his presence. And so deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, the cares of this world, choke the word. The things of this world will try to choke the word out because those things take energy. Greed takes energy. All these things take energy that takes you away from his word. And the whole thing with this is that you become unfruitful because all your energy is spent into thorns. It's spent into the excess. And in order for the seed to grow, the plant to grow, the rose to grow, you have to cut off the excess so the energy could go into his right thing. That's the, We're in the land of distraction right now. We're distracted on everything. There's just so many distractions. But when you minimize, when, when distractions decrease, devotion increases. And when devotion increases, revelation increases. God wants all of you. And that's the key to grow and to producing fruit. Verse 23, but he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So the good, so the seed sown into, so the all the seed is good, but the problem is the soil. It's various types of soil. All the seed is good, but it's the soil that determines the effectiveness of the seed. Determines the effectiveness of the seed, and so. What we're seeing is how the soil can dilute the effectiveness of the word. That the seed is powerful. It wants to grow, but we it, it demands our undivided attention in order for it to be fertile. So we can't half-heartedly serve God. We can't half-heartedly serve the kingdom. We can't half-heartedly obey and expect full-grown full results. 
Now, he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, bears fruit, and brings forth. Hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now, again, a good a good harvest is fifteenfold. He said, those in the kingdom, when they obey me and prioritize the word, they get minimum 30-fold. You get minimum double. That is the mystery of the kingdom. While people are spending their whole lives working to get 15-fold, you are focused on his word and on his presence, and you, at the very least, get double. You get double 30. And not only... 30, he said, you'll even get 60. Not only 60, he said, you'll even get a hundredfold. Well, how are you doing that? It's because of someone's focus in the word. That's the mystery of the kingdom. It's not in their talent, their ability, their educational background, how great they are. It's how much they have invested themselves wholeheartedly into the word. He told him in Joshua, the first time success is mentioned, he mentions, he says, listen, you meditate upon my word day and night and you do my word and doing this, you shall prosper and have good success. Success is conditional to how much you're willing to meditate and obey his word. That's the mystery of the kingdom. Obedience is a mystery of the kingdom. You will get more fruit in your life if you obey God's word and obey God's way than doing things your own way. You will go further in your life by obeying his word and doing it his way than doing it your way. Think about it. Think about these mysteries. You're going to get victory, Joshua. Okay, yeah, so put away your swords and walk around a wall. That, that is mysterious. But they put away their swords and they walked around the wall for seven days. And they got victory. Those walls came down. They got victory in Jericho, not because of their swords, their training, their military background, but because of their obedience. That's the mystery of the kingdom. Obedience is the mystery of the kingdom. You will do more and have more victory out of your obedience. Gideon, you, you, you have a lot of troops yeah, we can win a war with a lot of troops. I know you have too much, so I need you to just go with 300. So he obeys God with less and has more victory with less because of his obedience. Hey, Jehoshaphat, hey, you want to fight them? Yeah, we got to fight them. We're scared to death. Okay, start bringing the praisers out front. I want you all to praise me. And I'm going to, and I'm going to do the work and they start praising and God starts sending confusion and they win the battle because of their obedience. Abraham, how are you doing? Do you have any children? No. Okay. Follow me. Obey me. And I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And he's almost a hundred years old and he has his first child. How did that happen? 25 years of walking in obedience. Obedience. It's the mystery of the kingdom to obey God and to prioritize his word above everything is the secret to the kingdom. You will do more. You will be happier. You have more joy. 
you will have more fulfillment if you prioritize his word in your life. That's, that's, that's the secret. And people can work harder at other things, but when you are working hard going after him in the scriptures and pursuing him, it's going to be a mystery on how you're able to produce at minimum 30-fold. It happened with Isaac. Isaac, the whole world is in famine, and the Bible says that Isaac sold in the land and got back a hundredfold. How do you get back a hundredfold in a famine? Obedience. Obedience. That's the mystery of the kingdom, to obey and get a word from God and obey it, and it starts bringing lasting and amazing results that go beyond your educational background and goes beyond your talents and your abilities and what you can accomplish. That's the mystery of the kingdom, that we get to know more about the world when we know him. We get to know more about ourselves when we know him. And the thing about the kingdom is it only is effective if you are current in your relationship with the king. Who comes into a kingdom getting born again of the water and of the spirit? You're outside the kingdom and then you get born again of the water and the spirit. You come into the kingdom. Who, who has the audacity to come into a, a kingdom that's a refuge that's completely different and refuses to do the bidding of the king. Hey, I'm in the kingdom, but I'm going to do what I want. Thank you for saving me from the darkness and from uh, the, the thieves out there outside of your kingdom. But now I'm in your kingdom. Hey, I'm just going to do, do what I want. It's not how the kingdom works. You have to listen and obey the king. That's the mystery of the kingdom. He, Jesus is the head of the church. And the members of the body function properly because of the head. Because of the head. And so Matthew is, the theme of Matthew is fulfillment. And he's putting a focus upon how everything flows in him and through him and by him, that there's not any other way to get into the kingdom other than through Jesus Christ. There's not any other way to get revelation of spiritual insights but through Jesus Christ. You cannot grow in God's kingdom by getting uh, intellect or ability outside of his presence. Everything is conditional to his presence. Everything is conditional to his presence. Everything is about abiding in the vine. Let that be your pursuit today. God, help me to abide in you. And I'm telling you, he'll give you understanding. He'll help you with your job. He'll help you with your occupation. He'll help you with the business you started. He'll help you with the kids. He'll help you with your spouse. When you start spending more time in his word and in prayer and in study, and in blocking out some time in your world to receive from him, it bleeds into every area of your life. So God's not in this, in this God box. You know, people have a God box and a life box, and they don't allow the boxes to touch. They say, no, I, I, I learned from God here, but this is my life. He can't penetrate my, my life. 
That's just not how the kingdom works. The boxes have to merge. This is what I'm doing with this teaching. I'm showing you that the Bible isn't a book from thousands of years ago, that the word is alive and it is relevant. And, and he, this word wants to enter into your daily life where you can apply it and live it out and be a reflection of his kingdom to a dark and broken world. And so you could be a light into a dark place. He wants the boxes to merge. God wants to be the God in your life. He wants to minister to you, give you ideas, give you thoughts. He wants to be a part of every framework of your life. And when you start making God a part, you'll start becoming fruitful. Why? Because your emphasis is in his word and in his presence. That's why it's the parable of the sower. It's not the parable of the seed and it's not a parable of the soil. It's a parable of the sower. He has come. This is how powerful Jesus is. Jesus is the sower and the seed. He's God in the flesh. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. John 1 and 1. John 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh. So the sower, God, sowed the word into time. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He's the sower and the seed. He's the priest and the lamb. He's the, he's the, priest and he's the lamb he's the creator that humbled himself as a creature that is the profound thing about god being made flesh jesus is the word so he wants to come into your hearts and he wants to take up space and he wants his attributes and his attitudes to grow in that soil where the soil doesn't have its own identity. Now the identity of the soil is in the seed that was sown where the seed takes up all the space of the soil. So it's like sowing, it's like having land and you sow an orange tree, you sow an orange seed and you sow the seed and now all the field becomes filled with orange trees. Well, guess what? That soil is no longer referred to as soil. It's referred to as an orange grove. The soil loses its identity and its identity is now in the seed that was sown. My goodness, are you hearing me? Now it's 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 a grape vineyard. Now it's pear trees. Now it's uh mango trees. Now it's never referred to as soil anymore. It's only identified by what was produced out of the soil. 
that's what Jesus wants to do in us. He is the seed, not the, the word of God. He's the word. He wants to come into our soil where now we lose our identity, where it's only the seed that takes the identity. Now it's only Jesus that's coming out of us. Where with our habits, our attitudes, our actions are now reflective of him, where now we take the background where, where now it's not, he must increase and I must decrease. Now he is the priority. He is the supreme definition. And I'm identified not, not by being Victor Jackson, but I'm identified by being a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ because of my good deeds and the fruit that's come out of my life. You go anywhere, you don't say, when you see an orange grove with thousands of oranges, you don't say, man, that's some good soil. You say, no, it's an orange grove. Why? Because, because the oranges have overtaken the soil. One of the things in, in Florida, we're at a disadvantage right now. We've lost 75 to 80% of our crop of oranges because someone sowed a wrong seed into our soil called the dragon seed, and it produced a bacteria that made us lose 80% of our oranges in Florida. You used to drive down the turnpike, and you'd see orange groves on both sides. But because there was a bacteria in the soil, the oranges can't grow. Now it's just vacant land that we have to now, uh, because we used to be known by oranges and real estate, now it's having to become real estate. It's having to become residential communities because we can no longer use that soil. It's unfruitful because there's a bacteria there. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. I don't want any bacteria to enter into your life where nothing from the word of God can grow there. If we've been serving God for 10 years, 20 years, and we haven't become fruitful, we have to ask what bacteria has entered into our hearts. What bacteria has entered into our soil that is hindering the word from growing? Take it out of me, Jesus. Have surgery. Take out what you need to take out so I can grow. For me, God told me to give up basketball because he saw that that could be a thorn in my life. That a lot of my energy could be spent there where the word that he put in my heart could eventually become unfruitful because of all of my time being into sport, potentially chasing riches. So he asked me to give it up, and I did. And when I did, it made room for the seed to grow. See, the good ground had the most room for the seed to thrive. The thorny ground had little room. The stony ground had little room. The wayside had little room. But the good ground had the most space for the seed to grow. It had space for there to be 30-fold. It had space for there to be 60-fold. It had space for there to be 100-fold. Make room for the word of God in your life. 
Prioritize it. You're doing that this morning listening to this podcast. Prioritize it. You're doing that as you have followed us in this Matthew series. You're doing that. Continue to do that. And I'm telling you, the word is going to start bleeding into every avenue of your life. What an honor it is to share the word of God with you. Make that a commitment today to continue spending time with the word. This, this podcast, it's a, good, it's a good avenue to spend time in the word and to learn about the word. And we are intent on making sure you understand it, where you're not just hearing it, but you're understanding it. Matthew is showing uh, that Jesus is the center of uh, attention and the center of kingdom effectiveness and kingdom growth is not going to be in the military overthrow of Rome or Roman oppression. It's going to be a spiritual kingdom. That's the mystery of the kingdom, that the kingdom is growing even when there's Roman oppression. The kingdom is expanding. It, the kingdom can expand under any dictator. It can expand in a democracy and a monarchy and communism and a democracy. It can flourish under any government. Why? Because it is a spiritual kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. And so it's going to advance no matter what's happening politically, no matter what wars and rumors of wars, no matter what's happening in the world, nothing can stop the kingdom from expanding because it's a spiritual kingdom that cannot be taken out by human hands. And he's going to talk about it tomorrow. We're going to talk about the different parables he goes into about the kingdom of heaven. And one of the parables he later mentions is that it's like a little leaven in a lump. That is just a little leaven initially, but over time it starts expanding, taking over the whole lump. That's what the kingdom's like. That it keeps advancing in the most subtle ways. It's a grain of mustard seed, but by the time you look at it, Again, it's the greatest of the herbs. I'm telling you in this hour, God's kingdom is growing because it's growing in your heart and in your spirit. It's growing even right now as I'm speaking to you. Continue to let it grow, produce fruit. The mystery of the kingdom is, is you cannot grow without a relationship with the king. The secret of the kingdom is. It's just like the disciples. Whenever you hear a word, you come back to his presence and say, God, teach me what this means. And he will reveal to you. What an honor it is to speak to you today. Share this podcast everywhere that you can. I pray it's a blessing. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson. Or you could come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.